Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. I'm Kevin Sidik Lim, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Convert Central, and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we plan for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Assalamualaikum dear listeners, welcome back to another podcast episode here with us on Convert Central. We pray that you are in a good state of health, iman, and that you are blessed with ease and contentment in all that you do, inshallah. So we mentioned in our previous episodes that we have a very special series in December. Now as Singaporeans, right, food is an important part of our identity. So we're very excited to bring you a very special hawker series for the month of December where we speak to convert hawkers to learn more about their stories and how their hawker and convert journeys have shaped them to be the amazing people that we are today, inshallah. So to kickstart the series here, we have with us Sis Denise from Diana's Kitchen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sis Denise. So before we officially get into all the sharing, maybe we can get you to introduce yourself first. Maybe like what you do, when you converted. Yeah, so my name is Diana. Diana is my Muslim name. I go by Denise for the past 27 years of my life. I converted 2009. The year that I got married to my husband. That was the beginning of my journey as a Muslim convert. And this year, I just turned 38. I have been a convert for 12 years. MashaAllah, that's very amazing. Sis Hafid, do you want to ask the next question, inshallah? MashaAllah, thanks for sharing that very brief, very impactful introduction, Sis Diana. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, you mentioned that you have been a convert for about 12 years now. Alhamdulillah, I think it will be really interesting to hear your insights of being a convert for that period of time. I think we have a lot of new converts listening to this podcast series as well so I can't wait to get into uh, more on that like how you found out about Islam on that note maybe you can share with us what was your very first interaction you had with Islam and that will you know you have to think back uh, hopefully you can remember still inshallah okay I think I honestly have not a very typical beginning in Islam I met my husband who is a Malay Muslim and prior to getting married my father-in-law mentioned that I have to convert because that's the only way that the marriage would be blessed it's that mindset that I had because it was told to me early in the relationship with my then boyfriend that I have to embrace Islam I have to get married in ROMM having a civil marriage is a definitely out of the question. So that was the basis of how my relationship with Islam started, really based on the fact that I have to convert. So I went into it with an open mind because I was a free thinker. I went to Christian schools. I was very interested in the Old Testament. So I enjoyed reading the Bible. I went to Darul Akam when we decided to get married and then I started to learn about Islam properly in 2009. So that was the first formal class that I went to at Daru Akam. We were taught the foundations of Islam, the pillars and things that we need to do and also Solat. My nikah was in December 2009, so I converted in September 2009. That was the beginning of my journey, but to be very honest, I wasn't really a practicing Muslim. Okay, to be very, very honest, I, I don't want to give you a false impression that I was a very pious and religious person in the beginning of my marriage. Islam was something that grew on me eventually. I do practice 
some rules and regulations. But prayers-wise, as a Muslim in the beginning, no, I regret to say that I wasn't, you know, doing it as I should. What happened was that in 2017, Dana's Kitchen was born and the operations, the smooth sailing of how the business began made me see and made me realize about God's grace, about Rezaki, everything that is fated. I don't know, it, it really made me feel very blessed because when I looked at the timeline of how Diana's Kitchen came about, and everything from start to manage to be successful, there's really nothing that I can explain except that the credit has to go to God. It has to go to Him. Because we were complete noobs in the F&B industry. We were both bankers. And we did so many mistakes. We had so many challenges. But we managed to bypass it. We managed to succeed. And it was really due to His grace. That really made me think about repaying. Not repaying. Maybe I'm using the wrong word. But not repaying His grace and His merciness. But just trying to think that I should be doing something as a Muslim because I have been getting so much blessing, so much recipe from him that it doesn't feel right that I just not do something about it. That guilt of me knowing that I am receiving his blessings day in and day out and I'm not thanking him. So that was my basis of transformation in the sense that I began to believe more. You know, I started to have an interest in reading up more. I started to say, Alhamdulillah, MashaAllah, Bismillah. Things that when people say that, hey, your food is very nice, I'll be like, Alhamdulillah. These are the things that uh, I don't say it at all previously before Diana's Kitchen was born. So it gives me that sense of gratitude to God that this has happened to us. Uh, and then I, I managed to meet friends who are more religious than me I should say so whenever I hang out with them and they would pray or uh, whenever I go to their house when it is uh, solar time sambayang time they don't force me at all they'd be like okay I'm going to pray so then this continues then I realized why do I have the inertia to be lazy you know why not joining them so I told them can you please the next time we meet and when it's sambayang time include me in the congregation they bought for me my telekong they told me which uh, YouTube channel to watch to do the rakat so I, I was actually watching YouTube doing the children prayers so I actually watched it and then I played I put it on my prayer mat and then I followed the steps that's how I began it's something that I'm still taking baby steps to be a better Muslim so every day to tell myself that I have to be a better Muslim than yesterday really I'm still taking baby steps and it's something that I'm not very proud of in a sense that because after 12 years I'm still like a toddler but it's just that I think that there's an intention to be better and I have people coming to tell me that when do you want to wear this job or when do you want you know to be more pious so what i always tell people is that this is between me and god i think he can judge me only what i'm doing as a muslim behind closed doors you don't know what i do so i, I don't like to shout about it but even if i don't pray on time or if i don't pray as often as i should but the intention to be someone good is always there and i always will tell people who question me why am i not wearing a hijab is that only when my heart is ready when my heart is open i really do not want to be someone who 
wear the hijab later and then for some reason or another to take it up. So I really want to be fully prepared and fully open to be accepting of it before I move on to the next step. But I'm also very aware that my friend tells me of this is that you don't know when that you have time to be ready because you don't know when you're going to leave this world. They say take your time but don't take too much time. So I'm, I'm aware of that timeline which we don't know when it will end. It's just that right now I'm not that prepared for it yet because I'm still a, a toddler in that sense. So I'm trying to be very, very honest. I'm not going to portray to you that I'm like super on and super religious as a convert. There's many, many shortcomings. So it's just something that I'm trying to improve on a day-to-day basis. Mashallah, yeah. thank you so much for sharing this. I think this has been one of the most honest sharings I've heard because this is like a podcast series about converts and about Islam. It doesn't mean that we are perfect because no human is perfect. It's the religion that is perfect and we humans who practice this perfect religion tend to be imperfect because that's how Allah has created us, right? So it's really very admirable for you to share so candidly um, all your different things that you are working on and Alhamdulillah that you even have the guidance to feel like this is something you want to work on because that feeling that you want to be better that is in itself a form of guidance from Allah and I really want to th- wanted to thank you for sharing this very different perspective as a convert Muslim of 12 years and how you are not like the poster Muslim ah. we all are not the poster Muslim the only poster Muslim we have in our lives is Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that's the only guidance guide that we should put at the forefront of every action that we do in this world but I really feel like your sharing will actually reach out to a lot of um, converts to be what I've heard is that before you even take your shahada as a convert right there's a lot of pressure on how society is going to view you the moment you take the shahada like must you be a perfect Muslim and this thought or this fear is what actually pushes converts to be away from taking the shahada and one thing to note is that just like sis Diana uh, whoever's listening now who is like maybe on the verge of taking the shahada but there's also the fear that you have to be this poster Muslim or Muslimah once you take the shahada no such thing like what sis Diana was sharing it's a relationship that she has between her God and herself so to think that uh, what society is going to think of you and to use that as like a reason to you know delay taking your shahada is actually something that we should all reconsider lah because everyone has their own journey everyone has their own pace and as Muslims we shouldn't be judging our brothers and sisters on like what pace they are going at because who is to tell that they are more loved than Allah than we are we don't know that like what is Diana was saying we don't know what they are doing behind closed doors so I think that was a very refreshing reminder to every single one of us that we shouldn't be judging our Muslim brothers and sisters and at the same time you don't have to be a perfect Muslim to take your shahada you just have to believe you just have to have that ounce of faith because like what is Diana and her friends were telling you don't know when you will leave this world Alhamdulillah that you managed to take your shahada I'm very glad to hear that and Alhamdulillah that you are actually having that intention to improve every day and that intention alone can give you the rewards inshallah so thank you so much for that sharing I just wanted to share that uh, my thoughts on my end and I'll let Sis Dini ask you the next question inshallah um, thank you Sis Diana for that wonderful sharing Um, I think I just want to say that your experience is definitely something that I'm sure will resonate across many different hearts right because the constant journey towards Allah I don't think anybody really can say that they have achieved perfection in their um, ibadah I was taught to understand that the 
minute you think you're enough, that's when you need to start worrying. But for as long as you understand that, oh, I'm not doing enough, or for as long as you have this feeling of like insufficiency in your heart, I mean, that, that, that's a good sign. It's really a good sign, Alhamdulillah. And I think something that you mentioned, which was really moved me, it's always close to my heart, is that our journeys are always between us and Allah. Uh, we're really not answerable to anyone else. And really, nobody else will ever understand us or love us the way that Allah does, right? So for me, I'm sure you can understand as well. It's always very comforting for me to talk to Allah and tell myself, like, it's okay. Allah knows. I don't have to tell anybody else. Allah sees even the smallest of deeds that I do. Even if it's the smallest, like, most silent whisper in my heart of an intention that I want to do something. And maybe I don't even end up doing it. Allah knows that. And Allah will reward me for it, inshallah. So that being said, right, you took a really great leap in eventually converting to Islam. So can I ask, like, how did your friends and family react to your conversion? When I was with my husband, there were a lot of objections because Islam is a very misunderstood religion. People only see the not-so-good points. Like, my mother always say my husband can marry four wives. That's always her ultimate concern, <laughs> which I don't know why. The journey to where I got married was, was tough. My family members didn't agree to it. They were opposing to that relationship because of the race, because of the religion. It was tough, but I'm glad that I actually persevered and just stuck to my belief that I'm marrying a good guy. And I need to say this is that when I read the Quran, it, it actually answered a lot of my questions about life. I have always been asking what happened to us after death. I'm always curious about this. So until when I went for the class at Daru Akam, then... I had my answers. My questions were answered and that's the basis of my faith that I didn't have any doubts about it. That's how I managed to convince the people around me that what I'm doing is the right choice. Okay, they may not agree to me converting. They may not agree to me marrying a Malay Muslim. To me, it's just my choice. So they do not have any say about it. And there are relatives who strongly object to the union. I have stopped talking to them completely. I have cut them off. Even though I know that it is something that is wrong in the Islam, not, I mean, to cut ties with your family. I, I read that part. But to me, it's that I cannot deal with toxic people in my life which who do not agree, who do do not understand my faith and my commitment to my husband and the religion. So I think it's best not to engage them further. Yeah. So that was difficult uh, for me. I think uh, since uh, Diana, like this is something that a lot of converts actually face. You know, like the whole balancing whether to cut the person out because that's a sin, but also to keep them in your life. So just push you further away from Islam because like they are forever giving you these negative thoughts about Islam and it's just not healthy especially as a new budding Muslim like you need to surround yourself with people who will actually empower you in this faith you know so I well mashallah I cannot imagine you know being in all of your positions may Allah really bless each and every single effort that you all put in his way and for every suffering that you all face even the the amount of a prick of a thorn. May Allah expiate your sins for that, inshallah. I mean, and uh, mashallah, y'all are really blessed, blessed in, and very loved by Allah. I think just hearing your stories always make me so odd, like feel in awe of you guys. And I wanted to just ask, because you were saying that you have no choice but to not engage them further. But at the same time, it's more of the intention, I, I believe, that your intention isn't to cut off ties because you hate them or what, right? It's more of like, you want to keep them at a distance because you want to practice your faith and uh, get better at your faith. At the same time, if they were to approach you one day, 
it's not that you are not going to talk to them. If they will ask you for forgiveness, it's not that you are going to like say no and, and bear a grudge with them. Is that it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. it's not about hate. It's, def- it's more about keeping my distance away from the people who do not understand that my choices in life. So in the event that God allows us to reconcile, definitely I will accept them back with open arms. It's just that I don't see it happening. But when it happens, definitely I will embrace it. So may everybody listening and us as well, Dini and myself, everybody listening, let's all keep Sis Diana and her family in our du'as and inshallah, Allah will give them the hidayah to open their hearts and their eyes and to, you know, all reconcile and reunite one day inshallah. And I'm sure a lot of converts also are facing this problem. May Allah ease and may all Allah, expiate your sins for all your sufferings, inshallah. And with that, I think we also wanted to hear more about your hawker stories. So you actually mentioned quite briefly about your prawn mee shop. I'm actually a big fan since Diana. Your prawn mee is so yummy and so delicious, your broth. And actually, you have been a very big blessing, I think, for the Muslim community in Singapore because it's very rare that we can try typically non-halal food in a halal way, you know? So it's really a very big blessing. And I think I speak for a lot of Muslims out there, born Muslims as well, who get to try these delicious cuisines because of people like yourself and may Allah bless you for that inshallah so yeah is it like what actually inspired you to go from banking to hawker it's quite a big shift please share with us this is why I say this is the basis of why I'm so thankful to God because it's something that I think arise from me being a Muslim that's why this business idea came about me has always been my ultimate comfort food when I was a child but it's traditionally made with pork so when I converted I wasn't able to find something that resembles anything that I had before I converted the pork version so I tried very hard to find someone who sells it but I couldn't so I decided to make it on my own and that was how it started I tried R&D at home for over 6 years to get the kind of resemblance to my childhood taste so to me when I see people of different races and religion sitting down at the table eating a bowl of halaponi it gives me the goosebumps it makes me so happy that I have managed by God's grace that I'm able to make authentic Chinese food to be a universal halal food like even for today I have many orders from Tan Tok Seng Hospital they ordered for their nurses which spans across Chinese Malay Indian and that has never happened before in the history of prawn mee in Singapore because you don't hear of a halal prawn mee and it has always been a predominant Dominantly Chinese food where we have Malay Muslims telling me previously I always wanted to find out how it tasted because I see my Chinese friends eating it but I have never had the chance to eat it until you open. So that's when they told me. And that makes me very thankful that it's because of me converting to Islam that gave me this opportunity, gave me this recipe to open a shop. And that's why I'm forever always thankful for this opportunity. Because this business came from the religion. Without me being a convert, this business would not have happened. MashaAllah sis, that's really so nice. I think your intention is so pure, MashaAllah, to just gain so much contentment and happiness from seeing people eat I think that's so amazing subhanallah like may Allah reward you immensely for bringing people together just over food subhanallah so that being said right can I ask like did you face any struggles 
specifically as a convert hawker and if you did how do you overcome these struggles because I don't wear a tudong right so if you look at me you just think that I'm a typical Chinese so <laughs> what happened maybe the first two or three months of operation in that hawker center people do come to me and say is this store halal are you a Muslim you know why are you like much I'm a Chinese selling halal food when you don't look like a Muslim at all so that was some questions that I faced when I started the store there were also people who cast doubts on me being a good Muslim casting doubts on the halalness of my food because I'm not religious enough I don't wear the hijab so they are thinking how halal is this food <laughs> so that was something I faced in the beginning of this hawker journey but then when I start to say that yeah I am a Muslim my husband is a Malay Muslim then they accepting lah Mashallah sis I think you really had to go through so much I think just hearing this is making me so like no why, why do you why do you get such comments oh my god like wearing the hijab is such a personal intimate thing you should never do it for anybody even if it's for you know your loved ones because it's something that Allah has told us to do and it's something that we do it when we really have the intention to please Allah because if you do it for other people right then who are you worshipping are you worshipping people or Allah you know like you only do it your only audience in your life and that's why it's like tawakal Allah right like to like believe that Allah is really watching you every second and that is your only reason why you should don the hijab or do anything the way of Allah so uh, yeah, there are people still out there very narrow minded and inshallah that's all doing to Allah for them that they will expand their horizons a bit and don't say anything or don't do anything that displeases Allah Allah because Allah doesn't like when we judge our Muslim brothers and sisters. Instead, He loves when we come together as a community, as one ummah and we empower each other and don't do anything that might potentially push the person away from the religion even further. One recent episode that happened to me, I was at somebody's house and I was going to that person's house for a visit and it was just the next block of my house. So I didn't think about it too much. I, I just threw on a t-shirt and a pair of shorts to go to this fellow Muslim's house. So so what happened was that her husband came out and asked, are you a Muslim? Then I'm like, yeah, I'm a Muslim. Why are you wearing shorts? You should be covering your aura. I started to be very defensive. So I said, my husband doesn't mind. So then he scolded me and said that, it's not about your husband. It's about God. And then after I recovered again, and I said, yeah, I know that it's not about my husband. What I was trying to say is that I'm not ready. My heart is not ready. To me, this is what I'm wearing as comfortably as possible. So I think by me saying that I'm not ready and my heart is not open yet, it stopped him in his tracks of further lecturing me. But the thing is that I was taken aback. A stranger could come and have that kind of, for the lack of a better word, audacity to talk to me in the sense that why am I still wearing shorts as a Muslim? So, wow, that was an eye-opener for me. But that being said, I think it's a hidayah in the sense that I now know I should be dressed properly when I visit other people. So, I think it's a hikmah. It's something that uh, I learned. I'm thankful it gave me that reminder. But I wish it didn't because... Yeah, know. I guess I guess reminders come to us in all sorts of ways, be it like strangers or loved ones but definitely what we can improve on as a community is the way the message comes across we can definitely be kinder with our words I mean where God Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam go and anyhow school people for how they wear he is always gentle with his words he's always kind so by trying to do a good deed and then remind your brothers and sisters but you do it in a way that is not liked by Allah, do you really think you'll get the benefit? I think that is something that we can all reflect on. La. So we, we, if, if let's say we don't have the capability to do it nicely, maybe the best we can do is make dua for the person in our hearts. 
We don't have to, you know, take it in our own hands sometimes. Yeah, I just have to say, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, subhanAllah. I think like Sis Hafi said, I think as a community, it's worth uh, reflecting uh, whenever we want to do something, you know, thinking about whether this is how our Prophet Wasallam would have acted. We are all aware of how the world perceives Islam. And, you know, sometimes if you find yourself in a situation like, hey, why why do people, are people not able to see the beauty of Islam? I think we have to look back at ourselves. How are we acting? We are the representatives of Islam and then we are the ones getting confused because people are not seeing the beauty of Islam I think we really have to look at ourselves yeah there's so much beauty in Islam if we are misrepresenting it and we're not doing this beautiful religion and justice as well totally agree and yes so thank you so much for sharing your struggles with us even though it must be very hard to even like you know like relive that memory And but I really believe that whatever you have shared so far is really going to be beneficial inshallah to anybody listening especially for those in a similar situation as yourself I really pray that you know we are all going like can be a better better community and support for especially our converts like in Singapore and all around the world inshallah so with that I think we also want to ask you since you are someone who I believe can really resonate that like your things you say can really resonate with everybody uh, all the converts listening inshallah what are the advice you have for converts out there who may be facing similar struggles? I think what I want to say is that first, I think I said it just now, this journey of uh, faith between you and God. So there's really no pressure and do what you feel is right and always talk to Him, listen and then do what is right and always question your intentions. And then another one is to keep the faith. No matter what challenges comes your way, just remember that. I always believe this is that God will not give you challenges that you cannot handle. Especially applies to me currently when, you know, the pandemic is not doing my business any good. So it's, it's always something that we remind ourselves daily that we can overcome the challenges with His grace. It's a journey of your own self. So always only be answerable to him ignore the noise uh, around you and just keep the faith that's what I want to say MashaAllah sis I think it's so um, mature and really wise of you to be able to take such um, wisdom from all the things that have happened to you Alhamdulillah that being said thank you so much so you've given your advice for converts who are struggling right uh, what about advice for inspiring hawkers or you know entrepreneurs who want to start an F&B business what advice do you have for them my advice is that really do this with a passion do this with the belief that you can succeed do this with the faith in whatever religion that you have be it keep the faith that you can do it and that things may not be easy right now with the current situation but with the tenacity with the willpower with that strength internal strength and then with the support of yourself with the support of your family of your spouse I think all adversity can be overcome it's not easy like I say but just keep the faith and you can overcome all challenges Alhamdulillah thank you so much for sharing your advice to both both our aspiring Muslims, inshallah, and aspiring entrepreneurs and hawkers. I think uh, I love how like even for both advice, right? There is like a commonality that you have to keep the faith. You know, like hang on there, and inshallah, if you are also a hawker convert, then all the more you can, you know, reconcile your circular journey in becoming an entrepreneur with your religious journey in like trying to keep your faith, inshallah. I just wanted to, before we end, touch on some of the things which impacted me the most in your sharing, Sis Diana, inshallah. And I think for me, uh, it was the moment where you were sharing about what exactly inspired you to be more serious in your faith. And the thing that you shared was how Allah kept giving and giving and giving and how you, you felt like this journey in 
like Diana's kitchen, right? Uh, being so successful, it would never have been possible if it was based on your strength and your abilities alone. It's definitely divine. There's definitely some sort of God-given grace. And I think that really touched me because I've heard this saying quite a bit. It's like how Allah tests us by either taking something away from us or by giving to us. In your story, Allah gave you. Allah gave you and gave you and gave you. And that in itself is a test. And I'm so happy to hear that you have passed the test, inshallah. Because instead of like, you know, getting very happy that you get all this risky, you didn't just stop there, but you actually pondered. You actually reflected and you decided, okay, this one is not just coincidence. This one is from a higher place. And because of that, I'm feeling guilty and I'm going to be more grateful. And because of this gratitude, I want to come back to here more. So Alhamdulillah, I'm so glad that Allah gave you that wisdom and that guidance and this just reminds me of this beautiful verse in Surah Ar-Rahman which is one of my favourite surahs because of how beautiful Sheikh Mishari actually recites it. You can go and listen listen to it everybody if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, so at this verse, it's repeated throughout time and time again in this Surah Ar-Rahman which is which of my blessings do you then deny? So Allah repeats that again and again in this Surah. He will say all his blessings then which of my blessings do you then deny? So I think that is really something that we can ponder on for as long as we can because he truly gives us so much of blessings right and what position are we in to deny these blessings and to act like we don't have his blessings in our lives so I think your sharing really just made me re- like get reminded of that verse and I really wanted to thank you for your sharing Alhamdulillah and now moving on to Sis Dini's yeah the learning points from your sharing Mashallah uh, Mashallah Sis Diana thank you so much for all that you shared today I think from your sharing what I really liked the most was realising how it's really nice how Allah knows the lessons that will touch our hearts the most and bring us closest to him right and he will send us precisely these lessons not a minute too late not a minute too soon but exactly when we need it right I think your experiences like all the struggles they had to go through subhanAllah it's something that many people can resonate with because you know when we find ourselves in very daunting or uncertain environments our heart will naturally we will try to seek for something that is familiar and firm that can function as a stronghold for us so Alhamdulillah by his generosity and his grace right um, he has guided us towards seeking him towards finding him uh, which is really beautiful when you think about it because you know it is when we are most in need when our hearts are really desperate of guidance uh, for the familiarity and his love that's when he responds immediately right regardless of who we are and what we have done the second point that I really liked was when you talked about familial relationships and something that you struggled with and again I think this is something that a lot of people converts especially but I'm sure born Muslims as well can resonate with I don't think family is easy necessarily and I honestly pray that Allah eases all of your affairs inshallah but I just want to say that like you know we have 25 prophets right and we have so many prophets themselves who struggled with their families as well we had wives of prophets who didn't make it right we have the wife of Nabi No, Nabi Lut you know their husbands were prophets but their husbands were of no benefit to the wife and so when things get a little bit harder I just want to say I hope that everybody remembers that you are being put to test and you're being put in similar struggles to prophet and may that be a means to elevate our ranks before Allah as well who knows to be as equal as prophets maybe one day inshallah yes so thank you so much for the very beautiful sharing we hope you have benefited from the sharing as much as we have definitely benefited from your sharing mashallah <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today sis Hafi, do you have any final words for sis diana yes i think before we end we can do a little shout out of diana's kitchen yes. because i'm such a big <laughs> fan i'm actually inside i'm spazzing them talking to like the owner of beautiful prawn meat that i tried <laughs> I really think the soup is amazing and the seafood is so fresh. Mashallah, everybody who if you have not tried Diana's Kitchen's prawn meat, please go and try it. You know, get it 
get it. Okay, so since Diana, I'll pass it over to you to give like a little shout out where they can find you, what's your opening hours. Right now, we are operating at Chai Chi and Jurong. So we operate from 10 to 7 for Chai Chi and then the 10 to 8 for Jurong. So we have delivery as well and we are on Deliveroo. We are going on Grab soon. Truly, truly one of the values are very valued by Allah, which is humility. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> But really, really, everybody, if you have not tried, please go and try. And this in itself can be a form of, you know, getting blessings from Allah because we are supporting our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters. And this is such a blessed act that uh, Sis Diana has been doing because she's doing it only because she wants to let Muslims also, you know, have the joy of trying these various cuisines and delicacies. And without people like her, we will only be stuck with one cuisine. So let's all support Sis Diana and all our convert hawkers, inshallah. Thank you so much for your sharing, Sis Diana. Uh, do you have any last words for us? No, have a blessed Friday. Salam Jumat. Uh, salam Jumat uh, to you, to Sis Diana. And with that, I think we are coming to the end of this beautiful episode, our very first episode on our convert hawkers and more to come, inshallah. Thank you very much, everybody who has listened till this part of the episode. And we'll see you again next week. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.